0: Kansas City-based Make 48 is a 48-hour competition where teams are presented with a challenge and tasks to build a physical prototype, create a a sales sheet, produce a one-minute marketing video, and pitch their big idea to a panel of judges. Make 48 is also a reality-based TV series on PBS. This past fall, Make 48 hosted the competition at the Kansas State School for the Blind in KCK. With access to expert tool technicians and high-tech equipment, competing teams had the power to build almost anything. But the key was collaboration. To build anything, different skills, materials, and equipment have to come together to create a final product. The winning team was presented with a $2,000 check. It will also advance to the Nationals in March of this year at UMKC. Now a conversation with the creator and CEO of the show, that's Tom Gray. Tom, nice to have you. Welcome. Steve, thank you for having me. Also with us is a participant in this competition involving the Kansas State School for the Blind, and that's Lyra Thompson. She was a member of Team Little Red Hens. Lyra, nice to have you. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Where did that name come from, Little Red Hens?
1: I mean, I just thought it's like the theme, we already knew the hint was something to do with chickens, and I thought it kind of sounded cute because it was all girls on our team, and (laughs) it's fitting because the story of the Little Red Hen is she does all the hard work. So.
0: And you're talking about the fact that this competition that you engaged in was working off of a theme, which was chickens in the kitchen, right? That's part of what your point is here.
1: And that was the only information we had prior to actually coming to the event.
0: Okay, so chickens in the kitchen. What did you do with that, Lyra? What, what did you build?
1: Uh, our pitch, we found out our the challenge was to build a thing that can hold It's like an egg container for fresh, farm fresh eggs that you can keep at room temperature compared Ah. to store-bought eggs. Ah. And so we needed to create, it could be like a shelf or some sort of contraption that could dispense it, but it didn't have to. It just needed to hold and display the eggs that you can keep on your counter.
0: I just am kind of curious. How much fun did the little red hens have in putting this thing together?
1: It was definitely a lot of fun, and I had one of the team members I already knew. She's like my best friend, and then the other team member I'd never met her, but like she was really nice and really fun, and we got along great. There were it was definitely stressful at times too, but it was a lot of fun. I was
0: just going to ask you. You only had forty eight hours here, yeah. so so stress is probably part of the equation yes. here, right? How did you handle that?
1: Uh, Well, I think we were all kind of at different levels of stress. Like, I was one team member, she was stressed, and then that was kind of making me more stressed because (laughs) it's, like, just the energy. And there was, like, the last night, the, the final Saturday night, where it was, like, we only had, like, less than 20 hours left. It was like very much we gotta we still have a lot to do. We have this whole list of things we need to do and it seems like we're not gonna have enough time to do it. But then we woke up the next morning with like a new energy, ready to get everything done, and we managed to get it all done with like a little bit of time to spare. So
0: Well Tom Gray, is that what you do here? You stress out people for a living, it sounds like that's what you do at Make forty eight.
2: Uh, yeah, Steve, it's the ultimate job to to watch these people go through all the all the uh the ups and downs of, of a pressure cooker, you yeah. know, they're in there and uh, we do ambush them with the challenge and that criteria right before that clock starts and it's up to them to, to ideate, uh, they've got to meet with those patent attorneys, make sure they're not infringing other people's IP, but they've got the experts all around them to do anything they require.
0: So you came so. up with this theme for this competition, Chickens in the Kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Who came up with that, and what were you thinking when you offered the teams this challenge?
2: Yeah, we obviously knew that uh, we're working with the visually impaired community. So we wanted to make something fun, mm-hmm. and uh, my background, and actually my wife and I actually have a working farm, and we have you know up to 60 laying hens, and people don't know that you you can leave farm fresh eggs out on the counter because they're not washed. right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of um, people that do that have very artistic ways to display them. So we thought, let's do something that involves an animal. So we brought in live chickens to to the competition (laughs) so the teams got to touch and feel those and and ideate with the chickens. Um, But then it allowed the teams to be very artistic or very engineered-based because the product could dispense an egg if it wanted to. Mm-hmm. So we, we saw six different teams create some pretty unique concepts based around this, this idea concept.
0: Uh, Lyra, how did you, uh, your team arrive at your concept for what you wanted to do for dispensing these eggs that you were describing to me a few minutes ago?
1: Well, when we first got the prompt and the timer, the countdown was going, our first thought was just list out as many wild ideas, no matter how ridiculous they are, and then we'll we'll start like impossible and then narrow it down to something that actually makes sense. So we started, we had some like a gumball machine, a vending machine, where we're like, this would be hilarious, but we're not doing that. And then we were, I had like an idea and then we kind of, it was just a premise of what if we did something kind of like a bakery display case. And then we worked from that idea, and that was kind of the, the starting point from the, for all of our ideas. So you were spitballing, yes. as they
0: say in the business world, right? You were spitballing. So did you get any sleep? Because you had 48 hours. So I assume at some point you took a nap or, or took a rest. or How, how did you handle that?
1: Uh, well, the Makerspace closed at midnight every night, but most teams went home around like 7, 8 o'clock. Or we actually were staying on the campus of KSSB in the dorm, so it was just a walk across the sidewalk to get to the place where we sleep, so that was nice. And I probably, I could have gotten more sleep than I did, but I, like, was staying up late, like, talking with my friend who was my roommate, so that was my own fault for some of the lack of sleep I got.
0: So, Tom, tell us a little bit about what is Make Forty Eight. Put it back on the map for us. What do you What do you do here? What's it all about?
2: Yeah, we're doing competitions all over the nation. Um, we started back 2015. We knew that it was really hard to prototype something by yourself. Um, and it's all about collaboration and having the right equipment to do that. So we uh, started... You wanted, doing,
0: you wanted to push that idea forward through yes. your show, it sounds like.
2: Yeah, we actually didn't start as a show. We started as a real-life competition, myself and three co-founders here in Kansas City. Um, but we wanted to teach people all in that really condensed time all of the aspects you need to to prototype something to show the world what you're thinking, right? We found that everyone has big ideas, but to make it real was really challenging.
0: There's a big leap from the idea to actually producing a product, right? That's the
2: same in business, you know, Mm -hmm. you got to have your proof of concept. So uh, we started doing competitions. We uh, went all over the nation. We've done 19 large events in the last sort of six years, Um, and we uh, have a major TV show on, on PBS. Uh, nationwide, and also just in a partnership with This Old House. So that's how we tell our message to the world. Well, Where did the, the idea
0: for the TV show, the PBS approach you guys?
2: No, it was the other way around. We, uh, we filmed a pilot. We were at the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C., doing a big event with them. And we filmed a pilot with our local production company, Outpost Worldwide, mm-hmm. and uh, presented, presented it to them. And uh, we have, a, obviously, a partner with PBS, and um, and they thought this is very unique. Uh, then you're up to every independent PBS station to say yes, no, or maybe. Will they play the series?
0: How many stations are playing it?
2: Um, we average about 95% of the American population's oh, ha- households. So it's good become a very well-known sort of concept.
0: So, so the goal of all this is what again? What, what are you trying to achieve here?
2: Yeah, um, what, what it's turning into, Steve, is very much education. We're teaching people to use their mind a very different way to collaborate you know traditional education is teaching people to do everything themselves. Mm-hmm. We do not want to do that. We want to tell people that maker spaces are all over the nation they 're in colleges they 're in communities is get to your makerspace within those locations there 's all the equipment and people that can fabricate anything you can think of mm-hmm. so we 're in the middle of creating a quite a um, advanced curriculum with the de Bruce foundation. Uh, we want people to learn the process right because if you know the process and the steps it makes things a lot easier and and effectively a lot cheaper. It's
0: such an interesting idea you're talking about. It strikes me as so right that education, our system, is so focused on the individual. But my career as a journalist was based on this idea of collaboration, that anything you write can be made better by somebody else Mm -hmm. and improved further by a copy editor. It was very much a team process, and you don't learn that in college. and, And a lot of people, when they get to a newsroom, can't handle the collaboration. They think their yeah. prose is perfect right away, and you can't touch it, you can't... And wait a minute, yeah. they, they really miss something in their upbringing that that's, that's the case. Yeah,
2: and what, we've, what we're sort of seeing with Make 48 is around the nation, we work with large corporations, actually large and small, and they call the challenge. So with this situation with the School for the Blind, my wife and I called the challenge because we knew we wanted to do something fun with the students. But we just worked with Harley Davidson, uh, Stanley Black and Decker, Coke Industries and these large companies are telling us what they want and allowing everyday people to give their opinion and ultimately make a prototype. And so you're
0: saying you're actually
2: working with big companies like Coke Industries uh, to help them do what? Um, Their challenge was all based on water conservation. How do we recycle and repurpose water? Obviously, it's a big issue with global warming and, and that kind of thing. Um, and a huge
0: issue in Kansas, where Coke Industries is
2: based. Correct. Right. And then we we worked this year with the uh, city of North Little Rock to create interactive experience based on the Trail of Tears. They want to oh, convert their I green space, yeah. you know. So you just don't know what these large companies and cities are actually asking for, but that allows us to be that platform. Um, and we film it. You know, we film it to let the nation know what's happening and how to learn. Um, So it's becoming something a lot bigger than what it started to be.
0: What are you finding to be some of the big roadblocks that need to be overcome for teams to come together to
2: collaborate in a successful way? Um, I think the roadblocks, we sort of touched base on it a little bit, is the fact that be open and ask questions, you know when we get teams come together that's often they think they have to build stuff because that's traditionally how these events have gone before. so it's become sort of one of our big missions is to get to every nonprofit, every underserved community, and tell people you're almost welcome to do this. But when you get teams together, the quicker they can collaborate and ask questions and use every resource around them, that's been the key is to, is to make that message clear so they can actually go in and build quickly and efficiently.
0: You just use the word quickly, and I think that's got to be part of this too. Because you set a very firm deadline. Yes. People say they hate deadlines, but you also you sort of can't live without them,
1: right?
2: Yeah, yeah. And we, um, you know, Rich and Kurt and Bob, when we were doing Make Forty Eight, there was that forty eight hours. Is like, why is forty eight hours? Why not twenty four or why not a week? But we knew that you know people's time is precious. Uh, a weekend commitment is is a good one. Um, but if you give them forty eight hours, they will get it done. We prompt them every morning, uh, noon, and evening on what you should be up to, Yeah, right? And we as a group, and all the tool technicians can band around a team that's sort of struggling or, or not keeping up to speed. And we're proud to say that after every competition, every team has had a working, well, working looks like, feels like prototype to present. Oh, isn't it interesting? Um, and some people have failed at halfway through and had to restart, and it still has made uh, been made
1: possible. We'll be right back. Lira, I'm wondering if I can ask you a hard question. I mean,
0: this idea that we're talking about here of the power of collaboration, the power of teamwork, what did you experience as you guys went about responding to this chickens in the kitchen challenge that you were up against? How much did did the team, how much did that working in collaboration with others help you achieve what you wound up achieving here?
1: Well, I think with the first When we were just spitballing ideas, we all had our own different ideas and, like, different things that we thought would, like, work or not work. And then when it actually came to planning and planning the design and planning how to build it and go about it, we had, like, one girl on our team was really good, like, artist. And so she drew a lot of the art and, like, our logo for our product. And then, like... We all just – we played to each other's strengths, and I think it was a really great team. Obviously, there were a lot – there were some moments where there were some little, like, like spats, little arguments of, like, oh, we should do it this way. Or, like, one of us was really stubborn on I really want it to be this, and then one person didn't agree. And so we had to work around those a little bit. But we – I think it was definitely – I was happy with my team and i think we did a great job working to, with each, our own strengths
0: you know tom i'm not sure you can say it better than we tried to
2: play to each other's strengths
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's
2: sort of <laughs> that's sort of exactly in the pocket here isn't it yeah yeah and yeah. what we did also steve is the deruce foundation was a big partner of this uh, competition and they're big on the agilities and at the beginning of the competition we made sure each team knew their passion Knew what they were good at, and that's what we that that's what they set their own personal boundaries towards. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't want four engineers on a team, right? Because you're all going to have the same opinions and fight. You want someone who can effectively sell it to communicate to the judges. You want someone who's an ideation person, um, someone who's very artistic who can make that video. So, you really, when you pick your team, you want to make sure you have your strengths. They're different. Um, and that you thrive and, and move towards them, uh, Lyra,
0: do you recall how you guys overcame your disagreements? You said you had that one disagreement about someone was really dug in on what they wanted this thing to look like. How did you move past that?
1: Well, the argument in that i 'm like thinking specifically it was about like our slogan for what we put in our video, and I really wanted one idea, and then like the others were kind of like uh, we like this one better, and then it actually took uh we met with like a focus group that was just like two people that kind of, we shared our ideas with and they gave their feedback. And then something that like they said kind of made me agree with everyone else and be like, okay, yeah, hearing them word it that way, I, I see it now. So it kind of just took other people's feedback to, and like getting different opinions.
0: You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, You're, you're with the Kansas state school of the blind. For those of you who are visually impaired, what, more of an added challenge was there for you to come up with something of of a product in this make 48 competition.
1: Um I don't know like with this type of event there's not really I didn't like feel blind in that moment because all the tool techs are doing all the hard work and like using the machines so there was nothing really where I was at a disadvantage or I couldn't do something and I think that was kind of like what they were trying to achieve with this is that no one was at any disadvantage. We were all at an even playing field. Whether you were totally blind or you had like a lot of remaining vision, you the goal was still, you can still have all the good ideas and come up with them and communicate that to the people that actually build it. So, so I really don't think that there was a lot of... Disadvantages there.
0: So, just to be clear, so you had these technicians who were there to actually help implement some of the ideas that you guys came up with. Yes. And, Tom, is that that's not typical in every competition? No, it, it is, Steve. Well, it is. is. It is, yep. it is com- we
2: treated this competition just like every other city. The teams are not allowed to run any equipment for safety reasons and skill levels. So, we, we treated these students exactly how we've treated every other competition, and it was really nice to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we found was very different is that there was an appreciation um, there was a high energy level that we'd never seen before, even on the last day where everyone's a little bit tired and groggy. Um, <laughs> these students just were treated like normal, and that's what we wanted to approve, is that they have just as good idea ideation, um, design capabilities as anyone else that we work with. You
0: know, the theme, again, for this competition with the School of the Blind and KCK was Chickens in the Kitchen Given that, I'm just sort of curious what your themes for other competitions around the country have been, Tom. What what else have you come up with?
2: Uh, we worked, uh, we touched base on Harley-Davidson. They wanted a new playground concept for the museum. Right? So people had to build concepts there. Um, Trek Bikes, they are in Madison, um, well-known bicycle company. They wanted to um, repurpose old products that would end up in the landfill. Uh-huh. Right? So imagine shredding rubber and melting down um, aluminums. Let's repurpose and make a new line of accessories. Mm -hmm. So they're the kind of challenges. It's often consumer-based, but sometimes it's becoming more of a city issue or for an underserved community as well.
0: So you have this national competition coming up at UMKC. I think it's in March. Yes. So the winning team from the School of the Blind competition will be there, right?
2: Yes, we've got the winning team from every city. We've got seven cities. Uh, they'll be up against each other. And the winning team from, from KSSB, which we can't announce just yet, will be competing against all the other teams in the nation.
0: And that'll be televised as well, I'm sure. That'll be the
2: nationals. it will be four episodes uh, in partnership with this old house. So it's going to be a pretty big deal. Well, that's
0: really exciting. So that's uh, Tom Gray talking about uh, his work with Make 48. I want also want to thank Lyra Thompson, a member of Team Little Red Hens that competed in this competition. Lyra, I hope you win. Good luck. I hope you find out soon. I hope you won.
1: Thank you.
0: Thanks for your time today. Thanks for coming in. Up to Date is a production of KCUR 89.3. Our theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. The program is produced by Danny Alexander, Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, and Reginald David. Our engineer is Paul Nakatura. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.